Thank you for joining us for our Renewal City Church podcast. If you're looking for ways to get involved, join us on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at the Roxy Theater in Longview. Or find us online at rcclongview.org. We hope you're blessed and that this message finds you well. If you were here last week, James spoke out of, does anyone have that answer? Ephesians? The Bible, yes. 20 points. Uh, No, he spoke out of Ephesians 3 in preparing us for our 40 days of fullness that's coming up on October 15th, where we will be taking time individually to be in God's word and then collectively as a group over six weeks. Some of you were like, ew, gross, but it'll be fun, I promise. We're going to be studying God's word, praying, and then spending time asking questions. Now, James gave us a little bit of an assignment to read Ephesians 3, and I really want to know if anyone did that. Did anyone do that? Is anyone brave enough to say, oh, I see one hand in the back. Okay, cool, cool. Uh, This isn't to, uh, you know, be mad at you guys. This is to say we collectively get to go over that today just shortly. So then you guys can tell James, I read this uh, but I am going to read from Ephesians three fourteen through 21, but I would like you guys to participate in a little different way. Uh, I would like you to shut your eyes and just listen to the words. And I'm sorry if I'm, my voice is cringy, but, you know, just bear with me. Okay, so I want you guys to, oh, this, I love Kendall's. It just, like, did this moment. A good little Amazon book review. Let's wake her up. Yep. You guys, I thought I'll bring this this time so that I'm not fumbling through paper, but God's funny. He has his ways of humbling me. All right. We're going to read from Ephesians 3, 14 through 21. If you guys would just close your eyes and listen to these words. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all of the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. I just want to start by praying now. That's, this is not the extended part of the Bible verse. <laughs> this is me just praying. Uh, God, I just thank you for your words. Would we be able to just receive that truth this morning, that your love is that big and wide for us? that we would be able to grasp just the vastness of your love for each one of your children. Would you quiet our minds, give us ears to hear, and eyes to see what it is that you are doing? Amen. Okay, so I've been attending concerts for a long time. My first concert was when I was in sixth grade. And if you guys are trying to do quick math, that's about 20 years that I've been going to shows. And uh, this last weekend, I had the opportunity to go to a show here in town, and (laughs) I met a couple of my friends who had earphones, like they had headphones, or uh, not headphones, earplugs in. They're like, hey, Mackenzie, do you want some 
earplugs? I'm like, no, it's kind of embarrassing. We're not that old, are we? I didn't say that to him. I was just like, ah, no, it's okay. And then as the show started, I was like, wow, I really should have asked for those earplugs. Like, it was really, really loud. But if you guys have ever been to any music shows, that's something that most have in common, no matter the genre of music. They are all extremely loud. And maybe some of you felt like this morning's worship set was loud, which I just think is another funny thing that God is doing, right? He's compacting something like this with loudness. You might have observed this even uh, when you're watching a fireworks show, and then there's those one fireworks that I'm sure some people in this room love, but they just make noise. Yeah. Yeah. Woo. Exciting stuff. You're standing there and your body just just shakes. I personally don't like this. Because after, my ears are usually just like ringing with this sound that came through. Or maybe you've been to a loud show and then you get in your car and you're like, oh, that's weird. The volume's going up much louder than it had to before I was in here. Like what's coming out of the speakers is just whispers. Hmm. The sound goes off and you're ringing, right? Like there's just all this noise. And something about our relationship to loudness has affected our hearing, and I think for the worse. So today I want to look at what it means to be quiet. did a really good job. I was really worried how that would go. People on the live stream will just think we like glitched or something or my mic went off. But that was quiet, right? And I know some of us, especially usually those with the mic, when quiet happens, it can be really, really awkward. It starts to feel like we should really be doing something in this moment. Some of you are like, don't look at me, McKinsey. I don't know what you're doing, but I don't want to make eye contact because it's weird. It's strange. Or maybe you're in the camp of, I have so much to do today. The last thing I want to do is sit in a church service and have the speaker not talk. (laughs) Quiet can really get in the way. Our productivity is at stake when we make space for quiet. Does that scare any of you? Because it certainly scares me. To quiet my mind is pausing on my ideas and the plans that I can make up, the things that I can make happen. There's a reason that the noise has ramped up over over, uh, centuries and decades. It's a pretty good way to distract us from being able to hear the quiet places God is calling us into. You know Satan's got to be really stoked on the way that we've just turned up the volume on just about everything in our world. Cars, cell phones, construction noise, Netflix, streaming music, Bluetooth devices. Today we can't go anywhere without filling the space where noise did not exist before. Now, not all of it's bad. Because of advancements, we've become really productive, and now we have the ability to stay connected worlds apart. I mean, I love having a calculator and a calendar and an alarm all in my pocket. I don't know if I could go back to the before time. (laughs) So where do we start with this idea of quiet? 
maybe the Bible, perhaps. That could be a good idea. Let's start with reading Psalm 46.10. He says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted, oh, on the earth. Do you just look at this? Do you see this? what this Kendall's doing to me right now? Come on, Kendall. It's all right. I'll move to the phone. You guys know that verse, right? It's a pretty common one. We've heard it before. This isn't our first rodeo. Be still and know that I am God. That word be still, or that word still, be still and know that I am God, in Hebrew is Rapha. And it means to sink down, relax, let go, cease striving, or withdraw. Still is an active pause. It doesn't just happen. Think to sit down, or to sink down. You have to actually move. You have to actually sink down with your body. You guys are like, you're not sinking down very far. Like, these pants are tight. To relax. We all know that that is way easier said than done. I'm standing up here, just relax. It's like, I don't, that's hard. To let go, that takes some work. You actually have to loosen your grip. To cease striving. Stop trying so hard. But how do we stop trying when we've been conditioned to try? And withdraw. To do that takes physically moving from one place to another. To be still in this way is contradictory to everything inside of us. We often create false senses of still in our rhythms. We're all guilty. Maybe for you it's scrolling on your phone. Binging Netflix. Melting into the couch to watch your favorite sports team compete. We think we've checked the box on this quiet space, this place to be still, and yet all we've done is fill it with more noise. Our stillness is supposed to take us to a place that we understand who God is. And yet sometimes it feels impossible to get there because this quieting our minds is a lot harder. Moses had some pretty epic moments with God recorded in the Bible. But I would love to take us to just one of those. Now, Moses was appointed by God to lead the Israelite people out of slavery in Egypt. Pharaoh had said to get out of here. You know, after those plagues, he's like, we do not want anything to do with you guys. But after some time, they rethought their decision. They were like, wait a second. All our workers are gone. It's kind of bad for business. So they thought, we're going to go get the Israelites and bring them back to be slaves again. The Israelites were making the path that God had told Moses to use. Talk about not needing a maps app. What a revelation. Moses and the people reached the Red Sea, and they were cornered because as the Israelites looked up, there were the Egyptians, and then to their other way, there was the Red Sea. There was nowhere to go. And this is when the Israelites became a little bit frustrated and began to tell Moses off. They're like, you realize we were not so miserable as slaves that we'd rather die here now. They started asking a lot of whys. Why did you bring us here? Were there not enough graves in Egypt? But notice what Moses responds with in Exodus 14, 13 through 14. But Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. 
the Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. What? Stand still? How many of you were like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. There's an army at our back and a Red Sea in front of us. Stand still. Got it. Check. Do nothing. Stay calm. But what does Moses not say? He doesn't say, stand back and watch me fix it. No, he says, stand still and watch the Lord. Rescue. The Lord himself will fight for you. Stay calm. And most of us probably know how the story ends, but if you don't, God does an absolute miracle through Moses, and he parts the Red Sea, and the Israelite people make it all the way to the other side, and the Egyptians get caught as the sea comes back together, and they float away happily. <laughs> that was might have been a, an oversight in my eyes, but it's all right. We could just pretend that. Oftentimes, God wants us to quiet ourselves and be still because he wants to do the work. He is the miracle worker. Our efforts are not enough. We can't, we can strive all we want, but it's not what he's asked us to do. We need to become weak so that our good and gracious father can be strong and show us his perfect and excellent plan, as confusing as it might be. Might look a little bit like a map quest directions if you're in that era. Turn right. There is no road right. There is something to this quieting our minds. But I also think it's an active space. It requires more. And who better to look at than Jesus? What did he show us about quiet spaces? In Mark's account, Jesus is doing what he does best. He's healing people. He's casting out demons. He's calling people to follow him. Talk about efficiency. Then in the middle of it, we see in Mark 135, it says this, In the morning, long before sunrise, Jesus went to a place where he could be alone to pray. Somewhere he could be alone. In the Greek, that phrase is ermon, and it could be defined as solitary, somewhere secluded. Later in Mark 6, we see after nonstop ministry, Jesus tells his disciples in verse 31, Let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. Jesus is teaching his friends, his most dear followers, the importance of this resting and sitting with him before going out again. The verse following says, So they left by boat for a quiet place where they could be alone. The Bible is awesome. It gives real-life scenarios of you're busy, you're doing your job, and yet how important it is that we come back to this space. But after this, this story, after we see God's like, hey, or Jesus is like, hey, we need to go to a quiet place. What happens? There's the, the crowd that follows. It's like, hey, we're hungry. And Jesus is like, I'm so gracious. I'm going to just feed you all. So he, instead of going away, he makes space to love his people. And so he does the miracle. He knows what it means to have things come up where the plan has to shift and change because there is actual need standing in front of you. We know we need rest and time away, but life is full of not ideal situations. Things come up. But it's what we see after he feeds the 5,000 that I think is really for us today. This unplanned meal doesn't distract Jesus from what he needs to do. So he pauses 
takes care of the miracle. He's like, but I know where I need to be. And in verse 44, it says this, immediately Jesus made his disciples get onto the boat and go ahead of him to Bethsaida while he dismissed the crowd. After leaving them, he went up on a mountainside to pray. Later that night, he was alone on land. We see in Luke 5, 15, 16, it says this, the news about Jesus spread even more. Large crowds gathered to hear him and have their diseases cured. But he, Jesus, would go away to places where he could be alone for prayer. Luke 6, 12. One of those days, Jesus went out to the mountainside to pray, and he spent all night praying to God. If Jesus himself made it a priority to be alone with God, we must see how important it is in our own lives. Jesus was busy, and if you guys want to front and say Jesus was not as busy, man was curing everybody, so (laughs) he was busy. He had things to do, and yet we see him time and time again retreat to a quiet space to be with his father. It was a lifeline for him, a place to connect with God in the midst of struggle and strife. He had his space with his father. And it seems to be true that this time of quiet for Jesus was refueling him for the work ahead or strength in the battle to come. Friends, our quiet space is essential. They matter and we need them. But I get it. We are busier than ever. We have negative time slots in our day. But Jesus made time for it. It's hard to argue that. It's in our own quiet, whether it being a space of solitude or a place of quieting our mind, that we start to evaluate our position in this life. God wants us to partner with him, but he needs to be in control. The one leading, the one where our strength comes from. It can't be from us clenching our teeth and climbing our own way out. Now, there is something to clarify, because I think sometimes you hear quiet spaces and you're like, great. I get to be my inner loner and go away by myself, always. No, no, there's a difference between solitude and isolation. Solitude is not isolation. In John Mark Comer's book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, he has this to say on that subject. Solitude is engagement. Isolation is escape. Solitude is safety. Isolation is danger. Solitude is how you open yourself up to God. Isolation is putting a target on your back for the tempter. Solitude is when you set aside time to feed and water and nourish your soul. To let it grow into health and maturity. Isolation is what you crave when you neglect the former. And solitude, as somber as it sounds, is anything but loneliness. So I want us to be mindful of that as we walk into this 40 days of fullness together. We should be prioritizing individually withdrawing to take care of ourselves. You guys know God's greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second to this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Love your neighbor, we hear that one all the time, but as yourself. The reward of sitting 
in a quiet space with the Lord is to be in his presence. And if you've experienced that, you know that there is no better place to be. There is nowhere else that is more worth it to sit in than at the feet of Jesus, to be totally consumed by who he is. And maybe you're sitting here and you're like, I've never experienced that. I don't know what you're talking about. You've said a lot of Christian words today. God loves you and and it's not too late. There's no world where you're too far gone. I mean, I think it's funny that Joel even talked about this, that we don't have to come qualified to sit in that space with God. There's no qualification. We, we could try and qualify ourselves over and over and over again, and it would never be enough. Some of you are like, wow, ouch. But the reality is, is that God doesn't need that from us. He just needs us to make time. And so if you haven't experienced it, it's not too late. And that's why we believe that together this looks different. You can sit there and go, I've never experienced this, but maybe your neighbor has. Maybe there's stories in this room that could, you know, help you as they share their space. We must see how necessary it is for us to love ourselves so that we then can love our community. And yes, sometimes that entire process is a group effort. But we can't love from empty. We didn't see Jesus do it, and so we shouldn't either. Now, what are some ways that we could do this quiet time? Like I'm an expert or something. <laughs> well, it was mentioned earlier that there are kind of two trains of thought, right? This idea of quieting our minds and then also going to secluded places, being still and, and quieting in those spaces. So depending on the time of day or season, maybe it's your house. Some of you were like, wow, you do not live in my house. That's not my house most days. It's really loud and chaotic. And I would just call it chaotic distraction is what most days it feels like. But maybe you're in a season where it's your house. But all that to say is find a place that it can be those things that works for your daily rhythm. Maybe it's waking up early and sitting in your favorite chair uh, on your porch enjoying a cup of coffee. Or maybe you get a sitter if you've got kids at home and you're like, I'm going to drive nowhere. Oh, I love that. Maybe for you it's a walk or a hike or kayaking or paddleboarding. Woo -woo. Maybe going and standing at the edge of the ocean. I believe God is totally okay with us finding solitude within our daily spaces, but there's something communicated on another level when we go out into God's creation. Our posture becomes small in the midst of great beauty. Like our souls can't almost help but surrender to our reality of our insignificance. And yet we know that God calls us sons and daughters. He calls us friends. It's in those places we understand how truly valued we are to God. So maybe find a place that it can be that for you. And understand it can change season to season promise you this is not a guilt trip. This is an invitation to God's real space that he designed for each one of us to live in, to experience what it is to be loved fully by God. Every summer I get to sit in my favorite place of solitude. It's uh, at our family cabin in Montana. That sounds really posh, but there's no running water. So think again. But sometimes I just go out on the dock and it's just crazy from 
my peripherals, I can just see only God's creation. And I feel really small and at peace. So what space or place is that for you? Sometimes our minds can quiet all on their own when we reach spaces like I just described. But what do we do when they don't? I'd like to offer you something that I think is a great place to start. In the book, Praying Like Monks and Living Like Fools, Tyler Statton takes, uh, looks at a whole bunch of different prayer postures. And he has something to say about this idea of solitude. He says the purpose of stillness is that it's a daily practice of consenting to God's work, to the work of God's spirit. He suggests starting with an ordinary place. Maybe it's the chair, the porch, front steps, whatever it is. And then begin laying your hands on your lap, palms open, facing up, closing your eyes, breathing in and out slowly, praying something simple and invitational. And some people call this a breath prayer. And it can be as simple as, here I am, Lord. Or come, Holy Spirit. Or Lord, have mercy. And then guess what you guys do? Be quiet. (laughs) You get to just be still in that space. Set a timer. And this is like small. This is like taking small steps in. Like two minutes. And then maybe you go to three minutes and four minutes. I haven't made it very far, but two is pretty easy. (laughs) Practicing silence is a sacrificial offering to God. It's about giving something of yourself to God and not getting something from God. The main thing here is to listen to God. If God tells us to be still, then that is exactly what we should do. If God calls us to act or fight, that is what we should do. Sometimes we find ourselves in a place in life where we're not sure what to do. And at times like that, it's usually best for us to pause and check in with God himself. Maybe he's not asking you to do anything at all, but rather to just trust him, relax, and listen to his voice. To be still and know that he is God. Let's pray. God, I think it's funny how you are. That you would um, try to point us to this place of quiet and quieting our minds because it's where you are. But you're also in the loud stuff too. It's just that you desire to be so near and close to us. And your voice isn't always booming like we like to think it is. It's quiet and soft and speaks right to us. And so would this week be the start of that uh, routine that we would start to walk in this quietness with you and that we would find how good you are in it. That we'd hear the truths that you want to speak over us, that vast love that we talked about where we would understand how wide and long and deep your love is for us. I just thank you for this family that we're in this together. It's not one person by themselves trying to figure this out. That we can share stories of where you've met us before in these quiet places. So God, I just thank you that you are God and we're not. We love you. Amen.